strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. You're listening to Women for America, a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy organization for women, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. Here's your host, CEO and President Penny Nates. Well, welcome to Women for America podcast. And today I'm so excited. I have two amazing Christian women on with me. And um, first, I want to just introduce you to Wendy Griffith, who has written an incredible book called You Didn't Miss It. And I guess the subtitle is God's Best is Worth the Wait. And so we're going to hear a little bit from Wendy and also from Denise, who is CWA's um, chief financial officer. I've known both of these women for a number of years, and I knew both of them when they were single. In fact, when I met both of them, they were single. When I (laughs) first, when I did my book in 2014, um, I met Wendy and she interviewed me at, at, you know, her name from the 700 Club at CB. In, and she's done just incredible work with that. But she had this loose end hanging out there, right? You had this like empty place in your heart where you really wanted to be married. And same with Denise. Denise came to work at Concerned Women for America as a single woman um, who uh, was, you were already 40, I believe. In my 40s. In her 40s. Yeah. And uh, was looking for Mr. Wright. And I had the great honor of praying with both of you mm-hmm. separately yes. for God to bring you a Christian husband. And I think that is the way it should be. I think us older women should be putting our arms around our our younger women and praying for their husbands, because even the woman um, who wrote uh, Lean In, uh, Shel Sandberg, who worked for for Meta for a number of years, a non-believer who said to young, who said to young women and women in her book, that the most important decision you will ever make in your life is who you marry. And I would say, you know, I would add a little emphasis to the fact the most important decision you can make is to follow Jesus. And that is, that sets the tone for everything else, every other decision you make. And you need to do that right away today. If you don't know the Lord, you need to get on your knees and, and follow the example of us other sinners sitting here mm-hmm. who've come at the foot of the cross and just given our hearts to the Lord. And if you have questions about that, or would like to talk to someone about that call concerned women for America, we'd love to talk to you about that. So, um, at any time, but today I just want to share, uh, you know, now we're getting ready. We're, we're moving into Valentine's day season. And I know for a lot of women, Christian women, unbelieving women, no matter who you are, even a married woman, like it's a lot of pressure. And I think it can be a real season of of hurtfulness for people who are are feeling lonely. It feel like, you know, there's, they have good friends perhaps, or maybe they don't have that many friends and they really just have this, this empty spot in their heart. And they really feel like, you know, they would like very much to be married. So recognizing that I think that is extremely common. I think there's as many people, more people probably that feel that way than the ones that are going out on this ideal date wearing red and eating and eating from the prefix menu and in 
too expensive restaurant. <laughs> just wait, do it the next day. It's still Valentine's Day. You don't need to do it on the day. Let me just tell you. Um, but I want to talk to both of these women um, about your journeys, because again, you weren't the 20 something that met Mr. Wright in college, got married and had a parcel of kids by the time you were 35. Um, so I want to start with you, Wendy. Welcome to the show. I'm so honored to have you here. And I love, love, love your book. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm going to. I got it on a rainy Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon this past weekend and started it. And I almost couldn't put it down. And I laughed. at so, I love how you <laughs> told your story. I laughed at part of it. I loved it on, about your blind date. I love that. I mean, how many, all, all of us have these moments, whether it's like in a romantic situation or just regularly, like why you said that when he asked for your Remember you put your hand on his face and you're like, why do I have my hand on this man's face? I mean, how many, I thought that was so real because we all have these moments like, why did I do that? That was so weird. Why did I So first, welcome. And just tell us a little bit about what might have motivated you to write this book. Oh my goodness. Well, we all like the happy ending. My first book, You Are a Prize to Be One, which I wrote 10 years ago, and I dedicated it to my future husband. I was completely single, going through heartbreak. God said, write about your test. And then, you know, to my surprise, the women loved it. They said, please write. They, when they found out I got married, please tell us how you got married. Write the next book. We want to hear about that. So I took my time. I was newly married um, in 2019. I took my time. And that's how You Didn't Miss It was born. Because I wanted the readers of my first book to have the happy ending. Because it was the first book. I, I'll, You know, I got so much great feedback. But I remember this one feedback. I loved your book, but I didn't like the ending. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> I mean, what Hallmark movie yeah. ends without a ring, a wedding, or at least a kiss? And I didn't mm -hmm. have any of those. So this is the happy ending, but it also has uh, a lot about waiting and waiting well and, you know, enjoying life while you're waiting. Yes. And so you were, you were 50, I think, when you got married, right? Or right around there. I was 54. I didn't, 54. I, you know, I wasn't one of the, I wasn't 20 something, 30 something, 40 something. I was, and I, you know, I envied Denise because we were friends. And I, I mm -hmm. was like, she was 10 years younger than me. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, she's got so much time. But I know you didn't feel like that, Denise. Right. And I meet women now right. in their 20s and 30s who think they missed it because they might have been th through a divorce or their yes. mom um, or single dad even. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I just want to, kind of shout it from the rooftops, you didn't miss it. And God's timing really is perfect. So I was 52 mm -hmm. when I met Bill, almost mm -hmm. 53. It was the summer of 2017. And um, y'all yeah, never forget when I put my <laughs> hand on his face. I think the Holy Spirit knew before I did, because I didn't know till the end of the summer. That was mm -hmm. June. I think the Holy Spirit knew because I was like, really, Lord, why did I do that? But it was just it was a tender <laughs> moment. I, well, I guess I really didn't. You were comfortable with him, I think. I think that. Yeah. yeah. And he was cute and he had a cute face. And I, well, you know, yeah. Well, why would you not? I mean, you know. <laughs> Um, I was just well, so happy to be out with somebody from the opposite sex, you know, but um, he, uh, yeah, he you overdid it a little. <laughs> well, I'm sure I know he must have been happy to be with you, but I, I want to. Um, so tell us how you met him, because it was a blind date, right? It and then I'm going to go date. to you, Denise, and let me let you tell your story because yours is I've a little only bit different. Seen one photo. I was hiking. I was pursuing my passions as a single person. When I turned 50, I climbed Kilimanjaro. 
Um, I really got into high elevation climbing. I said, God, if you're not going to send me a boyfriend, a husband, or even a boyfriend right now, give me another mountain to climb. Mm. And and God would. And so I was in Peru doing the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in the June of 2017. And my friend Jenna, who knew knew everyone back in Virginia Beach, and she was, and I you you read about her in the book, right? Mm-hmm. And I just I said, uh, I said, Jenna, I'm not meeting anybody at work. I'm not meeting anybody at church. And I wasn't wearing rings on TV because that's where I spent most of my time. And I was like, I'm not going to, that's never going to be an excuse for why I missed my husband. He's, he's never going to have to figure out, is that her left hand or her right hand? So I even like (laughs) gave up rings. Right. And, um, I said, can you fix me up when we get back from Peru? She's like, sure. Like she knew somebody Mm -hmm. because she knows everybody. And, um, so we, we, it was like a week later, we met down at the Hilton, down at the beach, a beautiful Sunday. I know right where that is too. That's a beautiful place. I love that hotel. It is. I mean, it was perfect yeah. weather. It was really, I remember it was really crowded because it was June and mm-hmm. you know, it was a uh, uh, middle of summer, but that's, you know, that's how we met. It was, it mm-hmm. was almost anticlimactic. It wasn't this like, whoa, you know, love at first know. sight. I yeah, love no in the book how you talked about how this is so funny to me because I, I worked for Chuck Colson at prison fellowship ministries when I was younger and um, I would hear about these romances and be like, and you said that that you love it that that people in prison watch CBN, but that you weren't watched the Seven Hundred Club, but you didn't think that was where you were going to find your husband. <laughs> no, but they, they are very loyal fans. I can tell you, I'm yes. thankful for them. Well, thankful praise God, and they know, they're looking to the right place, right to, right. to find answers, exactly. and we welcome that. We lo- we love them. Um, but I thought that was so funny. So you you had never been married. You had dated very seriously, had a very serious breakup. So Bill wasn't the first person you thought you were going to marry. And we have that all in common. I, mm-hmm. my husband, Will, Bill, Will, and Phil, <laughs> um, my husband, Will, we got married when I was 30, 29, 30. Um, and he wasn't the first person I thought I was going to marry either. And, you know, it was this, I wrote about it in my book that I, you know, I had this moment where I kind of thought I had life worked out and I was unceremoniously dumped by someone that I had dated. And uh, it was this, this sort of belly of the well experience. Mm -hmm. And it mainly, I mean, of course he was a fine person, but I wasn't meant to be. And it wasn't really even, that wasn't really the hurt as much as it was. I think I thought I had my life figured out and I didn't at all. Um, but God brought me somebody and I don't know that I would have, I know, in fact, that I would have never achieved some of the incredible experiences that I've had if I'd gotten married younger. Right. It just wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have even lived in Washington, DC. I think my life would have been a completely different track, but at that point I didn't know what my life was going to hold, but God did. And he's like, oh no, this is not going to work. (laughs) And this is not the one Eh, that's over. And uh, I took a little hard at first. I mean, you know, I I took, it took some getting used to, but it, it is, and it is painful. Breakups are painful because they're a disappointment, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't, rejection hurts. (laughs) Rejection hurts no matter what, even if it's not the right person, it still hurts. So Denise, your situation was a little different. You were 40 and you couldn't have married Phil earlier because he had a different wife then. So right. tell the story a little bit. Yes. Well, um, so I met my husband at a um, a church conference and I was probably about 43 and um, he was married previously. You know, his, he, his wife um, sadly had cancer and then she passed. And so he's a full-time itinerant minister. Um, he was a pastor also previous prior to that, but um 
he really, when his wife passed, he just said, Lord, I'm, I'm giving you my life. He had no intentions of remarrying. It wasn't even like a strong desire. Yeah. You know, so he just said, okay, God, I'm yours. I'm going to serve you in every way possible. His calendar was filling up. And then fast forward uh, about a year and a half or so after that, and we were at a um, a church conference and we just had a conversation. It was actually around the presidential election of 2016. And he started mm -hmm. like asking questions, you know, as a woman, what do you think about what's going on in the news? And we just struck up this conversation. And um, the Lord mm -hmm. just in that conference, he did something. He started something that, mm -hmm. you know, began between the two of us. And we started to communicate, um, you know, over social media. Um, and it went pretty fast. It was yes. like all of a sudden the Lord began to reveal to him and to me, like I started to develop feelings. He started to have feelings and, yeah. um, and he wasn't necessarily happy about that. No, he fasted and he prayed <laughs> yeah. and he just said, God, is this a distraction? Is yeah. this, you know, is this the he enemy? was going to be Paul, right? He was just going to be right. the single <laughs> pastor and he was just going to be on the road nonstop right. for the Lord. And God's like, Nope, that is not what I have for you either. Exactly. And so in our first date, which actually is old town, Alexandria, we went to a restaurant and then before, was it Valentine's Day? Um, no, it was because okay. <laughs> you would have paid too much. Actually, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. <laughs> yeah, that's when's okay. They don't <laughs> jack up the prices for that one. And before, I mean, it was really beautiful because God does all things well. And one thing I want to say, just as like a little side note, Wendy and I actually prayed together over the phone for our husbands before we even, you know, this all of this these before stories were him. not written. Yet, and Denise, we remember that yeah. Christmas. I think it was, uh, well, it was the Christmas we met in Old Town because I was yes. to be up in DC and you had just started dating Phil, right? And you were just starting to think maybe this could be something, exactly. And, uh, and then the next thing we know, it was, yeah. So, we like this is really a full circle moment because we prayed yeah. together you know, believing for our husbands and having no idea how God was going to do it, but just standing in faith. Mm. And then now here we are telling our mm -hmm. stories of Wendy and her beautiful book, but, you know, just being able to share together in this moment. Yeah. Um, but that night, you know, when Phil and I went on a first date, now this is just how beautifully God or orchestrates things. Um, he was very intentional, you know, and he kind of knew already that God had spoken to him because mm -hmm. he had fasted, he had prayed, he had said, okay, I want to pursue this woman. And I noticed for the first time I met him, he still had his wedding band on. And I was kind of thinking, well, he's, you know, he still has his wedding band on. Mm -hmm. He's not he's ready not for ready. a relationship. Mm -hmm. But he came and he said, I, you know, there's something I want to share with you. And he had written this whole letter and he just said, basically, like, I like I, this is like a new season and I want you to experience, you know, the, the season of courtship and then, you know, if God mm -hmm. should bring us together. And he, as part of that, he removed his wedding band mm -hmm. and wow. saying that that was a covenant fulfilled. And mm -hmm. now, you know, I believe God's leading us to a new covenant. And, and so I was like, whoa, this is just what a profound moment. Yeah. But it was just so beautiful. And it has been a beautiful, I mean, I won't get, go into all the details, but um, that was the beginning of a very beautiful story a story of restoration. Mm -hmm. As Penny mentioned, mm -hmm. I was engaged in my twenties mm -hmm. and had, you know, a real terrible heartbreak that, you know, I took Remember. me a while to recover from. Um, and you got married at what year, Denise? I, actually, I got married in September of 17 and right around the time where your relationship was starting, um, you know, with Bill. And so, yeah, September of 17 is when we, we were married. Okay. You know, that's not fair because you're younger than me and you've got, you got there two years, two years before me, well, almost a year and a half. 
Okay, that's okay. Yeah. So that, that's <laughs> my little story in a nutshell, but just, you know, it's beautiful. I, I really, my heart in all, in through the pain, mm-hmm. through the, all of it, I just want others to be encouraged to know that God, he, he does things well, you know, mm-hmm. and his heart is always to bless us beyond what we could understand. So, and well, and got to go meet ahead. each other. Yes. They got to meet each other at a Concerned Women for America event. As they should. The 40th anniversary <laughs> event. As they should. Yeah. I love that. Yes. That's at the right. gala, which you yes. both looked stunningly beautiful. <laughs> and everyone's in their red dresses. It yeah. was our 40th anniversary gala for CWA or gala. I don't know how you say it. I say, yeah, it, I I say gala. Anyway, uh, being like, you know, the hillbilly, I say gala. Um, but we're getting ready to hit 45 years. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, we have an office full of young single women. Mm-hmm. I go to a church that's most people between the ages of like 22 and 30 and vast, vast majority, I bet 90% or more of our congregation are single. Mm -hmm. And so these questions Mm -hmm. are just really coming up and questions about dating and questions about, you know, and waiting, dating and waiting and, you know, all of it. And so um, I would just like to maybe have both of you Give us the best piece of advice that you were given and the worst advice that you were given while you were single and waiting and looking for your now husbands. Hmm. Wendy, what is your first thought? That's a hard one. You know, I can't really. Okay. Two things. And Um, also if there's a scripture also that meant a lot to you in that, in that season. The best thing that I did for myself that no. I didn't do it. God did it. The best thing God did for me was that you sent me a friend, mm-hmm. not just, I mean, he, I had great friends like Denise who were praying. We would pray too, but there was a woman named Rhonda who I wrote a whole chapter about and she, God put us together. And she knew that she was supposed to be that person to stand with me until we saw the promise come to pass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she had got married in her twenties and was married to a pastor and was having a, you know, she has a great story as well, but, uh, God just put it on her heart. And every time I would get discouraged, I would call Rhonda and I would say, Rhonda, I can't wait one more day. She would say, she, it was like, she would give me Psalm 84, 11. God says, I will not withhold any good thing mm-hmm. from those who walk uprightly. And it was like taking, mm-hmm. a, it's like taking my faith pill, you know, mm-hmm. that scripture so if you're single and waiting, first of all, you got to realize waiting is not punishment, it's preparation. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds cliche, but it really is true because there's purpose in the waiting. God is a God of order. When I was already over 50, I heard the Holy Spirit say, when I was in prayer saying, God, where is my husband? He said, when you are ready, there he's going to be. And I was like, really? You know, I'm already mm-hmm. over 50, but God is so good that if you're, if you're staying close to him, he's not. He says, I will be gracious. I will wait that I can be gracious to you. So sometimes we're waiting on God. Sometimes he's waiting on us, but mm-hmm. I would say, get their prayer partner never. And just, you know, stand on the word, mm-hmm. you know, Psalm 37, four, God says, delight yourself in me. I will give you the desires of your heart. So if you're standing on the word and you are praying, you've got that prayer partner or several, cause I, I really had several. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't, sometimes you're like, no, I can't call that person again. You know, (laughs) they're probably tired of hearing me. So, you know, I call Denise or I call Mm -hmm. somebody else and, and they pray for you and just trust God because he is in marriage. He, he, it was his idea. 
Some right. people, you know, and you just, when you hear those people say, well, maybe it's not God's will. Well, if you have the desire, right. That's and, right. And you cannot let it go and you don't have the gift of singleness, then I believe God wants you have it. Right. But it's not it, like God is uh, Lucy stealing the football. You know what I mean? For you get up to, you know, it's not like God, you know, God is faithful. God mm-hmm. is loving. God yeah. is good. And he gives mm-hmm. us the, the desires of our heart. And so I think you said it so well, if you've got this deep desire that just does not go away. And this is what I say to our young ones that work mm-hmm. with us. I do not believe I, I can think about one person in particular that I've had this conversation with on more than one occasion. I do not believe that you will be single. And the reason I don't believe it is because you, in a righteous way, so deeply have the desire to marry and to have children. And I just, I just believe that that I believe that for you. And, you know, I I don't, I'm, I'm not a prophet. I don't know these things, but I do believe what you said. If God gives, God gives us the desires of our heart when we are walking uprightly and, you know, prayerfully before him asking for these things. It's not like God, God is not mean. He's good. He loves us. He wants to give us these things, but he doesn't want to give us it, these things too soon or in a way that's going to harm us. And if I had married someone before my husband, I wouldn't have had probably the kind of husband that would be willing to be a life partner Mm -hmm. that would be willing to pick, pick up the slack so that I can go to the white house and talk to, you know, president Trump or Mm -hmm. fly to another city and do those things. You know, he had to be there to get my kids from school. Sometimes he Mm -hmm. had to cook. He had to do, I had that kind of husband and I could not have done my job without a husband that was 100% invested in what my ministry is and what God had called me to do, even Mm -hmm. though he had his own ministry and the important work that he's doing. And so I know, I know Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I had married the the other person that that would not have been the situation. And I'm so grateful that God is. And you guys look so good together. Thank you. Thank you. Ken and Barbie. Yes. Oh, thank you. So sweet. Denise, walk, tell me something that either was something that helped get you through or tell me something that someone said to you or by also something, if there's something people told you that just ran all over you, that was the wrong thing right. to say. You may have one of those, Wendy. I have two things that actually, there were two things that I hated that people said mm-hmm. during that season. But one, I think was a really, really good piece of advice. And one I think was not the best. So mm-hmm. The good one was, you know, people, you you need to surrender this desire to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I had a really hard time doing that. I felt like, um, what does that really mean to surrender? How am I supposed to surrender this? But, and also, you know, to yeah, allow God to do hard. the work in you. And as I look back now, it's almost like God did put that desire in my heart to be married, but he was going to use this as, it's almost like I had to wrestle with God to build my faith mm-hmm. because I had this desire and and promises. I had promises from the Lord that he had a husband for me. So he mm-hmm. literally like used the thing, that desire that he put in my heart so strong. I mean, it was strong from when I was a young girl. I wanted, I thought I wanted, you know, to be married by 20 or 25, you know, and mm-hmm. it was just like, that's all I really wanted was just to be a, um, a, a wife and a mother and, and all of the things that were important to me. But it was like, this, I had to wrestle with God. I had to work out my salvation. I had to Mm -hmm. work out, you know, this promise that I had with Mm -hmm. him. And it was through, you know, the years Mm -hmm. of, of wrestling with him 
with this, that he built my faith. And I see now, you know, yeah, God Phil's this, a spiritual yeah, giant. You know, he didn't need a milk toast Christian right, wife, frankly, right. just and, saying it. And he was, he's a man of God. <laughs> he truly is. And yeah. it's like, he needed, I would not, you know, in my twenties, I was not in the spiritual condition to be married to a man of mm-hmm. his stature. So it's like, God had to build some faith muscles mm-hmm. in me to even prepare me. So, and yes, I think I did uh, in my forties, when I hit 40, I think it was like this thing lifted off of me where mm-hmm. I said, Okay, Lord, you know, I, I don't understand. And it, and I did surrender it. Another thing I have to say is my I have two sisters. One is my baby sister, 15 years younger than me. And I remember being in her bridal party, mm. you know, before I even met Phil and saying, would I ever have thought this baby sister that I, you know, babysat and cared for wow. would be getting married before mm. me, you know? And it was like, okay, Lord, I don't, not that none of this makes sense, but I'm just going to celebrate at this wedding and have fun and just, you know, and I just let it go. How and many it, people would have not done that though? Well, would have made it about them. But my first you know? wedding, it yeah. was much harder, you know, mm-hmm. the one that was, she's three years younger than me. So I really came to a point that I was like, God, you know what? I love you. I love my family. I'm just, I'm thankful for what I have. And and God did lift that off me. And it was shortly thereafter that I did meet my husband. But also father. remember the baby shower? Yeah. And that's, yes. And you called me at her mm-hmm. bridal shower. And bridal, oh, it's yeah, the bridal it was shower. bridal shower. Yeah. And that's when I got the job offer to work at CWA. See? And it was like, in the middle of all this, God gave me what, I mean, this is the best job I've ever had. And I'm, Thank you know, so and thankful for let it. Let me just remind you, Denise, remember yeah. when you were single, you were living in New York, right? Yes. And you told me then, I feel like I'm going to be living in DC one day and working mm-hmm. in politics. Wow. And look yeah. at God. So you hear from the Lord. And when you, yes. when you get that Rhema word, I mean, th- I, I'm right. so thankful for my friend Rhonda who prayed, but also that God, he didn't leave me without anything to, to hold on to, without a life vest mm-hmm. to hold on to. He told me, when I was out walking one day, going through, I was still going through the heartbreak. I think my first book had already come out, but I was still going through a heartbreak. He said, you didn't miss it and it's not too late. And I was just like, mm. I just start crying because wow. I thought mm. I needed to hear. I wasn't mm. even praying in that moment, but God spoke to me because he knew I was just, I was walking through this. I needed that rhema word. So you didn't Amen. miss it is a mm-hmm. word. From yes. the Lord. Amen. And, and um, and That's then awesome. a couple years later, so it, even though he said you didn't miss it, it's not too late. I did not meet Bill for a couple more years, maybe right. like three more years. So I, which would, is a blink of God's eyes, you yeah, know, <laughs> exactly. But I would keep reminding him, like, remember mm-hmm. what you said, remember mm-hmm. him because that built, he remembers, but that builds our faith and I would write it down, you know, and then when Mm -hmm. I would go back and look at my journal, that would build my faith. But what really, really built my faith too was, uh, even after I'd heard that it was maybe even a year after that I was sitting on a plane and I, I was complaining to the Lord about, you know, I wasted a whole year on this guy and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. I'm just complaining. I'm not expecting to hear anything back from the Holy spirit. And I heard so clearly that's right. But now I'm going to, but now I'm going to bring you my best. Mm. And okay. I was like, drop the mic. God, you win. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, and God wasn't telling me yet. Cause I was like, I was younger. Everything was firmer. I mean, now, yeah. I'm, <laughs> and now I'm 50 or I'm however old I was. And God's yeah. like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you are. Right. but now I'm going to bring you my best. And sometimes mm-hmm. when I look at my husband, I'm like, 
Aww. Lord, thank you. Thank you that that guy broke up with me. You know, mm-hmm. just, I am so thankful. And so I the thing is, too. as hard as heartbreak is, and it is hard, it was the hardest thing I ever walked through. Um, harder than climbing Kilimanjaro. I mean, I would do that <laughs> again in a million years before I would uh, go through heartbreak again. But God doesn't waste our pain. That's right. And uh, he wants to give you his best. You mm-hmm. know, if you're his yeah. daughter and you're walking with God, he's not going to let you fall for the counterfeit. You know, yes. just, Amen. you got to hold on. You got to hold on. That's so I'm reading a great book right now called Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. And it really has, uh, is really helping me hone my prayer muscles, maybe mm-hmm. is a good way to say it. And, uh, you know, and I've just read the chapter about, about um, fasting. And I believe, you know, I've done fasting throughout my life and certainly was taught the principles of that growing up in church. But, uh, but, you know, just thinking about, again, I love that. I love you talking about the fact that you fasted. Did you fast at any point? Do you think? I did. I, I fasted though. I fasted well, when I, I got engaged. Not when I met Phil, but yeah, before that, yes. So I just think that's just adding, like you know, that's just adding extra hot sauce to yeah. you know the whole thing, and just like really because I, uh, I, Will had proposed, but I wasn't married yet, right? Mm-hmm. And I just just wanted to be very very careful that I didn't make a mistake because I, I'm. Right. And I know no one probably ever plans to get divorced, but it, some people do. Some people have the back door mm-hmm. open and, I, and when they get married, but I don't. And um, so I wanted to make sure that God was in agreement with this mm-hmm. thing that we, mm-hmm. you know, the two of us had decided. And, uh, and so I, it really did give me the confidence. And I, what I'm also seeing is in a season of prayer and fasting, I really do sense God working in like incredible ways. Yeah. Not right away. Mm-hmm. Often it's like a little season later or, you know, right. maybe even just a week later, but, uh, you know, or a few days, like, but God is, I think it's just like if one of my kids came up to me and, you know, wanted something so desperately, wanted to talk to me, wanted my attention so desperately that they would do anything, even go without food to get my attention. I mean, think how much more God loves us than our own children, than we love our children, than I love my children. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I'm just thinking a lot about that and hearing you talk about that. W- one thing I want to go back to, though, is you were talking about friendship. Wendy. And I've said this uh, over time and I am going to keep on saying it again. I'm, I'm hoping to pull together and Wendy, I want you to come as well. We'll do a think night at our church. Will and I are going to talk to some of the younger people uh, kind of leading up, hopefully around Valentine's day, but I keep hearing about dating and dating and meeting your spouse and all that matters. But you know, Eros is only one kind of love, right? Mm -hmm. God talks about Eros, Phylos and Agape and Phylos is so friendship mm-hmm. that friendship love is so deep and so sustaining and no one person can be your everything. You know, I have Will is my best friend, but also I have other friends. And sometimes you need another friend to talk about your best friend, you know, to work out things or just to just to, you know, also take up your time. Not every little minute of the whole world is centered around your spouse. Sometimes you need women friends. And I am so thankful for my women friends. They complete something, right. a place in my heart that my husband was never meant to ever. And so I think think not just within the church, but within the world, we have cheaped out on the issue of friendship and the, the real, the, the love phylos God created friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think about those people that, 
you know, or their has their wife's dying of cancer, right. like Phil was, or right. Phil's wife was. And that had to be a very lonely time for him. When you're not married, those friendships, I had such deep friendships from my single years. In some ways, I kind of miss that because I don't have the time, you know, before I had children to be with them. And you think about people that are maybe same-sex attracted within the church, and now we're being controversial, but God doesn't mean for them to be alone. We should never leave our single people alone. They should be deep yeah. friendships, godly friendships in which we, we build each other up. We pray for each other. We love each other. We help meet each other's needs. I mean, my neighbor just had got very, very sick. And so I'm making chicken noodle soup over the weekend in order to take some over to her. You know, we should do that for each other. Absolutely. But I feel like, especially in a world in which everybody's online, right? Like we are right now. And there's this big mega church that everybody slips in and slips out without ever knowing them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you live in a metropolitan city where you may not even know your next door neighbors. I think we are missing something so important that God meant for us to have. And that is the deep friendship. So I don't know what you, you have either one of you want to comment on that. I would love to jump in real quick. When I turned 40, I I was going to a church called Campsville Presbyterian Church here in Virginia Beach and about four or five single girls. I think we started out like around four. It was about five of us. And we called ourselves the brides to be group. Mm -hmm. And we got together faithfully once a week. And I think our group grow grew a little bit, but there was like five core members and um, we had the best time. And we, and then we would, always pray about our future husbands. And this was sort of a very prophetic group too. So we're prophesying over each other and we're praying. And then we ended up praying that it, it branched down and we started praying for other things like our, mm -hmm. our work and our careers mm -hmm. and our family. But we also fellowship together and we'd have like JAMA parties and we would have fun. And I remember one Valentine's day, um, because, you know, we're living in the state, the motto that where the state motto is Virginia is for lovers. Yes, is, that's right. Which used to completely upset me. Um, and I would just be driving because where you see it lover? wherever you go. I'd be like, really, Lord, Virginia is for lovers, you know? Um, what about me? Talk okay. to the governor okay. about that. Anyway, um, I think I lost my train of thought. So one, one Valentine's Day, we're like, we're not sitting around. So we got in our red dresses and our high heels and did our hair and makeup and went to dinner and, you know, we just celebrated. And that's mm -hmm. one thing I talk about in both of my books is mm -hmm. enjoying the single journey because mm -hmm. it is a journey. It's, and it's going to end. And like you said, you're going to miss some of that single mm -hmm. time right. when you had all oh, that yeah. freedom, but you know, that that is a great time too and if you look at it like god's not punishing me by si being single in fact i met a girl who was 23 the other day she was like oh i don't really want to get married till i'm about 33 i said that's perfect because you know she was a young christian and she was she's like i want to see the world i want to do this i'm like this now for somebody else that might seem like horrible and maybe you want to get uh that would be more my cup of tea i didn't want to get married until that I was, was me as well yeah now i didn't want to get i didn't think it was i was going to be in my 50s mm -hmm. but um, God knew I wasn't ready. So, uh, totally lost my train of thought, but anyway, back to you. You're talking about, you're just talking about how friendship and how your, your brides group, like, you know, brides to be group, like supported each yeah. other and filled yeah. an empty spot for each other. I love that you got together on Valentine's day and made it special. We did. And we, that group stayed together for many years and, um, everybody got married except one of the, one of the girls, um, 
unfortunately got sick, but um, she's still with us. But everyone did finally get married and it wasn't like right away, but God used that to, like you said, give us a uh, community and friendship mm-hmm. and fellowship and, and keep our faith up. Yeah. We even, we even invite, invited this prophet to, to come and, and speak to us during that time. I remember I was 40 and thinking, okay, well, it's going to happen any day now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I mean, honestly, my career took off in my forties. Uh, I remember I met, I met Denise in my forties. I never, I never gave up though. And, and the people that would say, well, maybe you're making your desire to get married, uh, an, an idol. idol. Mm-hmm, right. And I know you heard that Denise and I, yes. um, and I would be like, no, God's still first. This desire mm-hmm. is that strong. I'm not making it an idol, mm-hmm. you know, and the I idol yeah. would have been, you married the first person that came along. Right. And you're just, because I have to be married right. and I'm not sure. exactly, exactly. But yeah, so I would kind of, that, that is something I would never say to a single person because I feel mm-hmm. like that desire is a godly, righteous desire. I, I mean, do too. come on, without Without it, how would we populate the planet? No. Right. <laughs> yes. God gave <laughs> I mean, us that. that. That wasn't a mistake. Although I do know people who do not have that. And um, I know some women who kind of came along the journey and were able to, they've carved out a life and they like their life and they don't want to change yeah. their life. And um, and honestly, um, and I'm going to come to you in just a second, Denise, but um, I got married at 30, which I was happy with the timing and happy with the man. (laughs) But what I didn't plan is I got pregnant three months after we got married. So we got married one February and I had my daughter Claire the next February. That was the thing I was a little upset about and God forgive me for it. I've a million times confessed, confessed it before the Lord because I thought my timing was perfect, but my beautiful Claire, who is such a gift and I'm so grateful for, I mean, I would sit in the dark, you know, nursing her in the middle of the night, uh, you know, just in front of the Lord, uh, repenting <laughs> for my selfishness. And, um, and, but God knew me and he knew I needed to go ahead and have those babies. Cause I probably would have waited too long, but he gave me Claire and he gave me my son who will be a second Lieutenant in the army in May, a army officer when he graduates from college. And that was my journey, but understand for about 25 years, I did not travel internationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd go on little trips, little family trips here, but like traveling with a kid internationally is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I did what I, the nut travel that I did for work was enough. And I wasn't going to like do any more of that than I had to do. Cause I really, you want to be with your babies. That's how that yeah. is. And it wasn't an imposition. It was an honor. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like that. And I, my first priority was always my children over my job. So I was always making sure I worked for many, many years as part-time. God gave me really substantial part-time work as a mom, a young mom. And I'm really grateful for that. And then I came back in 2010 to run CWA and the timing was his timing. Absolutely not my timing, because if I'd waited any longer in 2010, my son would have been too young. I couldn't have come Mm -hmm. back. It wouldn't have been the right time. It would have had to been, you know, later than that. And so um, this was God's timing is perfect. Our timing is not perfect. Um, But thank God for those Christian friends that were, you know, my urban tribe and uh, filled up that loneliness. And I'm, those are still some of my best friends. What well, about you? Um, I would say one of the, I wanted to say earlier, pieces mm-hmm. of advice that people gave me that I do not think was ideal was that you, 
this will happen for you when you don't want it anymore. Mm. And that's that almost would cruel. frustrate me. And I'd be like, I don't even, and then I would feel like so discouraged because I'm like, Lord, that's impossible. I'm not, and God was not saying that, yeah. you know? So um, I would say if someone's ever told you that, you know, mm-hmm. I still wanted to be married when I met Phil, but it was like the the low, the, the weight of it was lifted. Like mm-hmm. I had, I explained about fully surrendering it. So, you know, just ask Lord, you know, give, let your desires be my desires. And that Mm -hmm. that's the prayer to pray. Um, And then also, you know, regarding friendships, um, you know, I, you see, you know, people, they're doing things, they're going away on vacation with their spouses and, you know, that's not always happy by the way, (laughs) but God provided people, um, you know, friends that I could go away on vacation with, you know, we Mm -hmm. went on a cruise. So I think I would encourage people to do that. Mm -hmm. Find someone, a travel buddy that you Mm -hmm. could do some fun things with and just, you know, don't let life pass you by, you know, that's uh, right. Just, you know, do things. Blame where you're planted. You want to take that trip to Italy or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, you know, find that person. Yeah. Denise, you came to see me. We went to the beach. We went to Williamsburg. I'm sorry. I still feel bad about you sort of had to get me out of bed that one day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. um, but we still have fun. I remember when yes. we went to Lewisburg and I got that chocolate mousse. Uh, yes, anyway, that was nice. you have to celebrate. Yes. Listen, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Celebrate. Yes. I, honest, right. I was 48. Uh, I went on a singles cruise. And where do we go? Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> was it terrible? No, it was, it was fun. fun. No, oh. It was a huge cruise ship. And there was about... 50 to 60 of us that were single that were part of this group and we danced under the stars wow, that's fun. it was exotic location it wasn't the whole boat was single people right. it was just you no. had your group okay that's exactly. different exactly <laughs> you know and i know that was i didn't know how that was going to work but no it was yeah. a huge cruise ship yeah, and there yeah. Were probably like a our group was like 50 yeah yeah so you got to know everybody and i remember there were these uh and i was kind of one of the older ones because i was mm-hmm. in my late 40s but there was two guys that we became friends um mm-hmm. and and they were like i think marines or something and they mm-hmm. were always in the gym and i remember just doing burpees with them and like <laughs> yeah. to get in yeah. like i'm what gonna get in the best memory. shape of my life but then every night we dressed up and uh went to dinner and it was you know the white tablecloth and i'm like you know this is fun and i wrote mm-hmm. about that uh i forgot in this book you are a price to be one there's a whole chapter in the end called be the prize. And it's about sell, you know, wear your red dress, go mm-hmm. on that. Cruise. Yes. Exactly. Don't, uh, 100%. Don't hide your light under yeah. a bushel, like right. be, have a great time. And also let's just admit that in, you know, in like a social media world, that that moment where your kid acted so poorly and embarrassed you to death in public, that's not going to be on social media. On this family trip, it's going to be like all the beautiful, harmonious moments. And that just, I can understand why people look at them like, my life's so horrible. These people, everybody else has such a perfect life. That is a lie. That's right. That is called social media. We don't, (laughs) nobody puts the bad moments on. And so just be realistic about the world and recognize that every stage in life has its own stages and struggles and no one's perfect. No couple are perfect. You're going to fight. You're going to have great moments. You're going to have hard moments, but that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. how God made it. And life is long and you work out, you, you, uh, iron sharp is iron. 
iron and you be you form a more perfect union as it goes along. And um, but maybe we have to come back and do another one from the newlyweds, right? We'll maybe do a, the, an older married and a, and lessons for like mm-hmm. people, for marriage early on, late on. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I just love that we've had this time together and Wendy, tell us again about, but let me say before you go, go to this, I wrote an article that has been passed around in Washington single circles on in world magazine. Hmm. And it, it, I think the title of something like, if you're, if you're looking for a looking for a wife, put down your phone and look around. (laughs) And I'm not saying I know Christians go on dating sites and I'm not saying you shouldn't necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I am saying when you're in a church full of single people, Right. That you should put down your phone and get to know people and do fun things with them. And hopefully, and if you're not in a church that doesn't have other single people, I mean, I'll leave that before you and the Lord, but I would ask the Lord about that because that's where I met my husband. And I think it's a great place. And, um, but you know, put down your phone and look around and get to know people so you can have friendships. Start out. My husband, I started off as in a friendship and learn who they are. That's a great place to start. So anyway, if you get a chance, look at my article and maybe share it with somebody that you think may be thinking about this. But Wendy, tell some more about your book and how to get it and all of that. All right. You didn't miss it. God's best is worth the wait. Uh, I like what it says on the back. It says, it's your turn. Don't get discouraged. Get ready. Because I was uh, talking to a friend about what to put on the back. And uh, anyway, when she said that, I'm like, that's it. Because I I felt like I was pat. When I wrote the last chapter of this book called It's Your Turn, I had this really strong feeling that I was passing the baton. I used to run track and I was in the relay race, right? And and you know how you pass that baton to the next runner. I had this overwhelming feeling that this book was that baton. And that when that young person or older person, I'm hearing from 71 year old ladies that are loving this book too. Whoever grabs this book, this is your baton and it's full of faith and it's full of hope. And I believe it's going to lead you uh, to your promised one, because Mm -hmm. I believe that faith is what draws everything. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have hope, we can't Mm -hmm. have faith. So I think sometimes God can use a book like this as a tool in this case, it's a baton. So mm, I love that. Right? Love that. Well, we have a whole Thank office you. full of people to share that with. And I always yeah. say, be the person you want to marry. If you yes. want to marry a faithful man, be a faithful woman and mm-hmm. trust the Lord with all of this. Any last words mm-hmm. before we go, Denise? I, Denise is such an incredible and joyful part of our office. She, uh, thank God I have a CPA because <laughs> if it were left to me, the bills would never get paid on time. But Denise is so faithful and she's one of the few CFOs in this town that's just as happy crunching numbers as she is fun- standing in front of the Supreme Court holding a pro-life sign. So wow. we really hit the jackpot with a strong believer in our office. We're very grateful for her. Do you have anything to share before we go? I think I just like to read a scripture because this was a a life scripture for me, you know, throughout this whole journey of waiting on the Lord. And it, you know, it was life to me in Mm -hmm. in certain moments and it's Jeremiah 29, 11. I know we've all heard it a million times, but I really, I just want to say it as a prayer and a declaration over those that are listening. 
that, you know, God, for he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And he does. He has a mm-hmm. hope and a future for each of us. His plans are good. His plans um, are for our best. Mm-hmm. He's a good father and he always has our best interest at heart. So know that. Take heart today. I know I've been many Valentine's Day where I was just so, you know, weighed down by what I didn't have. But I pray that God would even shift your perspective, you know, in this in this time that you would be able to see the things that you do have, the blessings that you do have and thank him for him, give him praise, thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And in due time, as Wendy said, he will bring you the desires of your heart. I believe that. Well, and that is quick, perfect. Go ahead. Real quick on uh, Wendy Griffith TV on Instagram every day in February, I'm going to be encouraging the singles because I know this is a tough month. Yes, so. I'm glad. That's Amen. perfect. That's really well, good. we will be tuned in, Wendy. Yes. Love you on CBN yes. 700 Club. Thank You're you. so gifted. Yes. And we're grateful to have you here. And so we will leave it there. At, Wendy, thank you for coming on Women for America. And we will get your, your book everywhere that books are sold, right? Yes. Amazon is perfect. Yeah. Amazon. Yes, I did through Amazon, but wherever books are sold. And um, we'll be watching you and can't wait to see what you're going to be saying. The good word you're going to be giving singles at this important time. So God bless you, everyone. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women for America. To keep up with the work that we're doing, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and head to our website, concernedwomen.org.